everything's everything's i'm gonna i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to 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 not ask you a bunch of questions about like the past (laughs) three weeks because i know that we have a specific day set aside for that oh yes yeah yeah yeah. i know and then like what are we gonna talk about no i mean we'll always find something to talk about we have a podcast together um that's true yeah no um did you have a nice holiday i did <laughs> we were we were all over the place we were in we were in nine states in like five days um nine. yeah because we went to we went to tennessee for yeah. to see my mom the first night and then stayed the night there and then went to north carolina for chandler's wedding oh um and then up to virginia for um for to Meredith's house for Christmas and stuff and then back to Chicago and to go to go from Tennessee to North Carolina the road took us into South Carolina and then well was it (laughs) never mind I was about to say the worst state but there's probably some way to worse than South Carolina (laughs) sorry South Carolina listeners Um, I mean don't knock it down into South Carolina and then back up into North Carolina which I guess is to get around the mountains but it was very strange Also, it took us by South of the Border, which is a place that I remember from my childhood, but Caitlin had never seen before. And I'm not sure if you're aware of what South of the Border is. Like the restaurant slash fast food place? No. Oh. A Mexican-themed amusement park on the border of North and South Carolina. That, what, but why... And for miles, for miles, there's there's billboards like south of the border, 15 miles, south of the border, five miles, including like which and the billboards were obviously like designed and published in like the 1960s or 70s. Um, Also, there's an extremely unfortunate mascot of this place. Oh, no. And we drive by and it's like, first of all, it's huge. Like it's like we i mean like i knew what it was from when i was a kid but like kaylin thought yeah, it was yeah. a restaurant because it doesn't say what it is well because there's but also a like... restaurant called south of the border and it's well sort right, of like, right right uh, yeah and it's a fancier taco bell yeah yeah i yeah. i'm not sure i don't think it's related this <laughs> is i'm sure i'm sure there's a restaurant involved but yeah there's like like kitty rides and stuff and it's like on both sides oh, the interstate God. it's wild um, and it looks, uh, it looks bad. Um, yeah, it, it so, doesn't sound uh, like a person of Hispanic descent owns and runs this place. No, I don't believe so. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, I mean, it's just like the Midwest is full of that stuff, you know, like weird yeah. tourist oh, attractions totally. and stuff because there's nothing for miles. So somebody's like, yeah. oh, I'll build this. Well, um, but this one is, uh, yeah, it see it seemed to be closed, but I believe that it's still running. It's just closed for the winter. From when we asked people who lived in North Carolina once we were in the wet at the wedding. So um, you looked beautiful so by all the this way. Is, <laughs> oh, at the wedding, thank you. Yeah, um, you and Caitlin the dress, gorgeous. the dress situation. Yeah, okay, maybe did we it can work out okay? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, maybe we can use this in the podcast. This is this is ridiculous. Um, okay, although it does require a visual. Um, <laughs> so my mom, who does not listen to this podcast, uh, cool. doesn't know about my tattoos. So oh. the dress that I originally ordered that I didn't get in time, uh, yeah. to, to go to the wedding, um, and I'm going to return my mom offered very nicely to buy me a dress at, 
somewhere yeah. in Tennessee. So I could get there, try it on, and then you wear that. So like she was texting me the worst dresses you've ever seen for a while. Uh, but we found yeah. a good one. And so she went to Macy's and bought this. It was a formal wedding and I'm in it. So, you know, I have, it doesn't matter what the, it just had to be a certain color, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. I know you know all this. I'm just telling our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, she, we bought, she bought me this dress. Um, and uh, but then I didn't realize until we got there. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to have to try it on. And she's going to want to see it. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Like, I can't just, I can't just try. Because, I mean, the other dress would have been fine. Like, she wouldn't have, yeah. you know, she wouldn't yeah, have yeah. noticed. But I'm going to have to try this one on in front of her. So I get some concealer. <laughs> and um i put a band-aid on one of them and then the other mm-hmm. the other ones i've like got concealer and i'm like trying to cover it up caitlin oh. is like i can't witness it because my mom's like try on the dress i want to see the dress i'm like oh no. yeah so caitlin's like i can't i can't watch this i'm gonna get in the shower so <laughs> i'm trying to cover these tattoos with like you know relatively large i mean not large but like yeah you know bigger than you you, you should be able to cover with concealer yeah. Um and it's like with black concealer. Ink too. Yes, oh black, yes. It does not does not work. I should say the concealer. Oh, like no. I wouldn't show I wouldn't show Caitlin. She's like, "Yeah, you can see right through that." I'm like, "Oh, great." So oh. she gets in the shower and then I still put concealer on it and like in a certain light, you know, maybe. And my mom's like, "Come out, come out." I'm freaking out because she <laughs> Oh, I mean, I should say I <laughs> I'm in my thirties. Um, why do I care if my mom is mad that I got tattoos? Like you don't know my mom. I mean, like this is. Yeah. But I would, I would care. N- I get it. Number one, like thing that she hates and was like, no, absolutely. Yeah. Not a problem. Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Huge problem. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I just, and like, you know, of course, like, you know, again, I'm an adult. I shouldn't have this like, I shouldn't have this pathological need to hide this from my mom, but like, it's just not worth the conversation. We're only going to be there 24 hours. I did not want to have this conversation right then. Totally. Totally. So what I end up doing, she's like, this is like my childhood bedroom and this is the office. And um, so I rush in uh, with my arms like this, which if you can't, for for viewers, it's kind of like the M in the YMCA dance. Like. Or like arms little out, like curls, like fingers yeah. on my shoulder blades, like the t- at the, my collarbone. <laughs> I rush in like that, which would hide my tattoos, and then yeah. like do a quick spin, do a twirl, and then like angle myself to where my right side, which doesn't have <laughs> tattoos, is facing her because it, it's a sleeveless dress. I should say. <laughs> This and it makes totally it worked. so much more. Are you serious? I would be way more suspicious and be like, right? Katie, what's the weird what arm the thing are, that you're doing? Why are no. you doing this arm thing? What's going? Why are you standing weird? Yeah, did not know. She's which is crazy because my mom, my mom notices things so quickly, like laser yeah. focus. Like you will walk in the room and she'd be like, you know, just point out something that, like, you got to stay on your shirt. You know, like, oh, okay, thanks. Oh, thanks, Wasn't mom. A... Jeez. Thought I would slip Ugh. that one by you. Um, Yeah, like when I was a teenager, like a hickey or something, like immediately, yeah. like, she's like, what do you got, a scarf on? What's what's going on? You wearing a turtleneck? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why? 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 Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. But didn't, like, this completely you got, worked? You got concealer on your neck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, it, it totally worked. I have no idea why. I oh, think bizarre. that maybe she doesn't see so great anymore. Oh, God. 
And like, cause I, I, you know, the concealer does, you know, like the concealer like covers it a little bit, you know, like yeah. I think if I hadn't done the concealer, that trick wouldn't have worked. It was the combination yeah. of the two of them together. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then I just turned around and I walked right back in and I changed back into long sleeves immediately and yeah. it totally worked unless my mom ever listens to this podcast, in which case, in which case, I'm sorry. <laughs> In listen, if you listen to this room. podcast and you know my mom, be cool. <laughs> Just be if, cool, guys. If my mom's friend cool. Nancy is listening to this podcast, be cool. Nancy, be cool. Be cool about the tats. <laughs> um, so I, second shout out my mom's friend Nancy has gotten on this podcast. I know. Nancy's like a little celebrity. Just like Carly. <laughs> Um, um, I wow. I didn't shut up talking about this podcast in the hopes that we would become like so global because I spent my Christmas in England and yeah. um, I made the mistake of editing this podcast in front of well, I guess not the mistake. I guess it was actually pretty smart because they kept telling me things that I said that were wrong. <laughs> They were like, you can't say that. British people don't do that. <laughs> Emma, oh, like factually wrong? Yeah, like like factually wrong. They're they're <laughs> I was editing. What episode it were you editing? Um the what the um happiest season. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we and talk, so, like, do we talk into- about British people in that one? We talk about them a lot. I don't know how, but we do. And um I mean, I they come up. That- the British yeah. come up a lot in this podcast, honestly. The British they come up quite frequently um in our hopes that we will have such a large audience in uh in the uk and to which to all of our friends i was just like yeah um so on on my pod on my podcast and they're like oh yeah yeah um i i think i like you on instagram i was like have you listened to it no (laughs) well that doesn't do us any good right one of our friends he even was just like british friend uh, yeah, British friend was like my um, girlfriend, who's also a, a friend of ours. Uh, she watches your your clips that you post. And I was like, well, does she listen to the pod? And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have a bunch of friends who are like, oh, yeah, I've seen the Instagram uh, reels, but I haven't listened to the podcast. I'm like, well, um, are you my friend you or not? <laughs> yeah, I, this is Jesus. a pretty enjoyable podcast. <laughs> I would listen to your podcast. Right. I mean, it depends on who my who the friend was, you know. It depends, and they're like, um, I don't really like rom coms, and I was like, well, lucky for you, you don't have to like rom coms to like our podcast. You I can mean, just you should morally. You should. But... <laughs> Do you enjoy just two people gabbing and having a great time? Then you'll love this podcast. Do you like two people just ripping apart one of those people's husbands? <laughs> then you'll love this podcast. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's you ripping apart your own husband. Like, I've never come after Charlie. Uh, but that's, like, what I lead with with all of our British friends because they're all, like, his school friends are just like, do you want to listen to me complain about Charlie for, like, 10, 20 oh, minutes? Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that's in the pod. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. You don't have to watch the movies. No, you we can. Watch I mean, honestly, like you. we do watch them because we describe them in great detail. So, oh yes, 
when we started this podcast, we were like, we're not going to do that. But we every episode we have described the the movie in great detail, which I mean, hard not to. Yeah, yeah, that's the point. You know, like that's what this show is about. Like, yeah, if you love the movie or hate the movie, you can listen to it. And if you don't want to watch the movie, listening to this is like an hour long version of well. The hour and a half yeah. long uh, movie. Oh, no. So it's not that great. But, you know, in some <laughs> cases, the pod, I mean, like our podcast episode about failure to launch is definitely funnier than failure to launch. Oh, and that's not 100%. saying that we're particularly funny. That's saying that that movie <laughs> is so unfunny. It's so not good. Um, That brings us, that is actually an excellent segue to today's movie of choice, which is also, I don't think we've even introduced, we're 12 minutes in. Um, <laughs> 12 minutes, 42 is, seconds. This is Go Get Your Girl, the podcast where Emma and Katie are like a slice of pizza. They, they are secretive, maybe a little bit uh, of pepperoni, maybe, but all magic, all mystic. That's right. We're talking about mystic pizza. That was honestly painful um when life keeps giving you anchovies that is the thing do you know the 30 rock episode where jenna is in the broadway musical of mystic pizza no no i do not and it's funny like twitter twitter became uh inert there were a lot of clips i'm not sure i was using that word right there are a lot of people were all posting clips of 30 rock on twitter like on the like right before Christmas, and I watched a ton of oh, them. Oh yeah. Um. So I am surprised that one wasn't one of them. No. Oh, it's so great! It's so so great. The entire time I was watching this movie, I just kept singing that song. And I was Wait, like, which hmm, which of these teenagers was Jenna playing? <laughs> <laughs> also, only one of them is a teenager. Yeah, I know. Right? I know. I know. Right. I mean, like, they're different. It. it um, uh, we'll get into it. Um, but uh, Jenna was playing Julia Roberts, of course, Daisy. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the yeah, 20 and year she, old. Yeah, the 20 year old. And so she goes, You know, JoJo, when life keeps giving you anchovies. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. It's a good show. That's it's a good show. Good. Just... Yeah. Um, yeah, so Mystic Pizza uh, from 1988 directed by Donald Petrie or possibly Petrie uh, and written by Amy Holden Jones. Um, uh, Donald Petrie is the director of how to lose a guy in 10 days, which we will definitely be covering on this podcast and uh, Miss Miss Congeniality, which we will also definitely be covering on this podcast. So rom-com I mean, he's not on a tour because he didn't write any of those movies, but rom-com director, Donald Petrie, this was his first film. This was his first film. You know who else's first film this was? Um, I'm going to start this off with a fun little fact. Uh, this Matt, was Damon? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I <laughs> it was Matt he's Damon. 14 years old in this movie. I screamed when Matt Damon's dumb face showed up on the screen. He literally looks like a fetus. Matt <laughs> Damon starring up. as Steamer is the character's <laughs> name. Which I definitely would have what misheard if it hadn't been for the closed captionings because it comes up as like steamer laughs. I'm like, steamer? <laughs> Why would they name it steamer? I mean, they're probably a boating family, Emma. Um, mm. ah, as a fellow boating our, this family. Is our, this, is, this is our daughter Schooner and our sons Clipper and Steamer. <laughs> the dog Dingy. 
here in Mystic, Connecticut. I'm surprised <laughs> I pulled out like four names of boats. That was I know. I'm I'm very very impressed. Why do I remember and these things? I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, it, it is just the way that your brain works, and yeah. I love that about you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the movie was written, uh, st- given the story credit was given to Amy Holden Jones, who wrote Indecent Proposal and uh, Beethoven, obviously. Um, oh. In addition to, um, she worked on the Slumber Party Massacre uh, before the project <gasps> was taken over. Yeah. She wrote the original. Absolutely yeah. iconic. Oh, yeah. she wrote the original before. Um, before uh, Rita Mae Brown. Yeah. Rita Mae Brown stepped in, who I yeah. love. Simply for the fact that Rita Mae Brown wrote Slumber Party Massacre and then was like, I'm going to go do some cozy mysteries where a dog and a cat are two of the three main characters. Uh, co-authored those books with Sneaky Pie Brown. But first of all, oh, you yes, know what sorry. Rita Mae Brown did before before the Slumber Party oh, Massacre, right? Yeah, a really great um, book of LGBTQIA plus canon, correct? Yeah, yeah. That was a lot yeah. of initials. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I criticize care. it. <laughs> You're allowed to criticize it. I'm allowed to only know Rita Mae Brown for the sheer fact that she wrote Cozy Mysteries, co-authored by her cat. Yeah. Uh, Ruby Fruit Jungle is a, a classic lesbian uh, uh, novel from the 70s. Um, and she was uh, like, a, you know, very prominent, you know, lesbian academic and like has written like all kinds of nonfiction. I think she's I think she's passed away. But um, yeah, but yeah Rita Mae Brown. Uh, much more than the um, than the cozy mysteries and the slumber party massacre. She is alive. She's seventy nine oh! years old. She's younger than I thought, honestly. Yeah, because and a lot of her. Well, I guess that's just sort of. I have no concept of time, but it was my first book that I read of twenty twenty three. Was the um, wish you were here? Rita Mae Brown co authored. Uh, by her cat sneaky pie brown and on the back and i i simply got it out from the library because of the back cover which was her biography photo which is her and her cat doing like a little like sears pose and i was like absolutely i'm gonna read this book (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i love it i haven't actually read any of them but i used to work at a bookstore so i was familiar with the sneaky you're not gonna forget the name sneaky pie brown I mean, why um, not? So all of yeah. that um, figures so into relevant. the movie Mystic Pizza so much. Um, <laughs> so Ruby much. Fruit Jungle is an integral part of oh, yes. uh, Mystic Pizza. No, um, so yeah, she is credited with the story. And then okay. I believe there are no less than four other screenwriters who came in Jesus to do Christ. the movie. Being, it looks like a person and then a team. So it's like this person, okay. and, word and, a team, ampersand, mm-hmm. the word and, Alfred Urey the playwright Pulitzer prize winning playwright Alfred Urey um, did a draft of this movie. Apparently. Yeah. Um, the guy who wrote um, driving Miss Daisy. What? Um, yeah. He won the Pulitzer prize for this, the year this movie came out. So driving Miss Daisy was like on Broadway, on, on Broadway, 1987, which is probably why he got this gig, right? Like he's got yeah, this huge yeah, play, yeah. you know, let him do a draft on this movie. Um, and uh, and he also wrote the last night at Ballyhoo, and he wrote the book for Parade, the Jason Robert Brown oh! musical. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, it just it goes to show that when you put a script in a movie, because this is this is my take on Mystic Pizza, when you take a script and an idea that's fascinating, and you put it through the Hollywood machine, 
you shoot it through a bunch of writers. You know what comes out at the end? Just fluff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> not not that into Mystic Pizza, are we, Emma? I mean, I really wanted to be. I really, really wanted to be. If anything, because within the first three minutes, you see Julia Roberts and her sweet, sweet ass. And her butt is looking good. And her hair is super great. And it's Julia Roberts. She's 19 when she filmed this movie. She's 19. And she's fabulous. Amazing. Just like before she even got into the, the, the nit and gritty of acting. She was fabulous. Uh, I couldn't care less. (laughs) About the other two? Um, About like any of their problems. I mean, I, I, it was just sort of, I don't know. I I just, I wanted to care, but everything felt so superficial and so just like, everything was just sort of like skimming the surface for me. Like it never sort of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like this is a podcast about rom-coms. So I don't know if like. (laughs) superficial is you know the best like criticism of what like, we're doing here it it just felt like it was all sort of like like it could have been so much greater i could have cared so much more but i did it yeah it's, it's very awesome. slight yeah. it's very yeah it's very low budget you know like yeah um the um before i get sidetracked though i did i was sitting over here thinking like i wonder if there are any other rom-coms who that written by a pulitzer prize winner and i can think of yeah, at yeah. least one other one Moonstruck, Moonstruck is written and directed by, no, just written by Robert Patrick Shanley, who won the Pulitzer Prize for Doubt. What? Yeah. Oh, I've never seen Moonstruck, but um, it yeah. is definitely on my list. Did I call Goodness. him Robert Patrick Shanley? Because his name is John Patrick mm. Shanley. You did, but I think, I yeah. mean, your brain was at Robert Johnson. Well, Brown. no, my my brain was Robert. thinking of Robert Patrick. Who is a oh. um, who was a playwright who actually was at my grad school? Who we're going to cut all this out, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm he and he died recently, but yeah, he was like really like oh. on the the very first wave of gay playwrights in the '60s in America. At least. Mm. Who would have thought that Mystic Pizza would have brought up so much conversation about gay literature? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, good point. Um, Thank you, Mystic Pizza. <laughs> This is your edit, so you can judiciously yeah. like remove some of this nonsense. <laughs> but I think the so fun my... fact about the Pulitzer Prize winners writing rom-coms yeah. should stay in. Oh, totally. Absolutely. All right. If, if Listeners, if anybody can think of a third rom-com written by a Pulitzer Prize winner. I mean, honestly, Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. Both of those movies uh, yeah. are, are written by Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. So if you can think of a third rom-com written by a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, we'll give you something. We'll yeah, mail you we'll a, think of a prize. Something. Yeah. Or we'll do a cameo or we'll give you a t-shirt. I don't know. We don't have merch yet. We'll make merch just for you. <laughs> give you a t-shirt from my closet. <laughs> just, I didn't say it had to have our logo on it. <laughs> um, something, no, it'll be better than that. It'll be something yeah. fun that we think of. Exactly. We'll because get you I, a swan. Because by the time we finish recording this, I'll have forgotten this completely. So, <laughs> so Mystic Pizza, Mystic Pizza. We are in oh 1988 Connecticut, in Mystic, yeah. Connecticut. And we open on a wedding, a Portuguese-American wedding, which I was confused, and I'm sure a lot of other people did too, and I'm going to have to research this. 
But I thought it was Italian for the longest time because you think pizza, you think Italian. But that it's is true. Portuguese. But I had the, the one another just another reason why you should always watch a movie with the closed captioning on. Like yeah. the very first thing is like speaking in Portuguese. That's the first <laughs> caption. So yeah, the movie is about um, Portuguese families, two Portuguese yeah. families uh, living in Mystic, Connecticut, in the eighties. Like, there's a lot of yeah. times where you think I start to think like, wait, is this? Is this movie set in the 60s? No, no, no. It's set in the nope. 80s. Like, it seems like it kind of oh. should have been set in the 60s. Mm, I don't know. Did you watch this movie? So many of my notes are, this is the most 80s sequence of all time. Yeah. No, no, no. I know. I'm just saying. But for what they wanted, like, it's 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 almost oh, like, yeah. it's. I think, like, again, Amy Holden Jones, like, let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's assume that, you know, what she originally wrote was something that was like, this longing for childhood, like this stand by yeah. me about women, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And so that I think is suited to the past, but yes, obviously like the, the things that are happening are very contemporary. She even shouts, this is the eighties at one point, which was a thing people did in the eighties. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember, ah! like even in the, even in the nineties, like there's an episode of Seinfeld or something where Elaine says it's the nineties. Like we don't do that anymore. You know? No. Like, Cause it's a little bit more complicated. It's, it's hard to it's go. The 20s. It's the 2020s. <laughs> we can, it's been a hundred years. I think we can just call them the twenties now. Right. Right. And I mean, they, they have coined a term for the two thousands, which is the, the noughties or the aughts. Oh. The no, I hate the naughties. That's awful. Naughties. The fuck uh, out of here with that. The naughties. Um, but yeah, so it's about these. Well, it's really just about these three girls. Two of them are a sister. One of them is their friend. I thought they were all sisters for seventy five percent. Oh, actually, for a hundred percent of this movie, I thought that they were sisters. And then the difference. <laughs> they've got the dad, and then they've got the mom. But they don't have a lot of lines. You're right. You're right. How would I know? I didn't watch this with closed captionings on. And so, like, I was very confused when, like, uh, when JoJo kept being like, yeah, and I stay at my sister's place. And I was like, but your sister is Daisy and Kat. <laughs> and they live together. So, wait, what? I'm And it wasn't until I was looking up fun facts for this episode that I learned <laughs> that they're not all related. Um, so she thought two sisters dealt exclusively with their mom, and then the other sister dealt exclusively with their dad. <laughs> yes! Which I mean, that makes yes. Sense. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. And so, anyways, we open up, and it is um, JoJo on her wedding day, and she is getting Which married. Is Lily a- Taylor. Lily Taylor, the beautiful, very talented Lily Taylor. Also, um, a baby. Everybody's a baby in this movie. Oh, yeah. Everyone's a baby. It's a bunch of movie stars before they were famous. Like, at least five. I mean, Annabeth Gish and Lily Taylor are certainly, they have starred in movies, so they are movie stars. But, like, you know, two super A-list and one certainly A-list at a certain time actor, um, Vincent D'Onofrio, also a baby in this movie. Also, pretty hot let's be honest oh super um, hot all the guys were super hot yeah but like vincent uh, d'onofrio doesn't you know i i'm not i don't want to be mean but you know it does not look the same as he did in this movie for example so it was surprising true. yeah yeah uh but yeah and so oh that was actually what you just explained about the movie was pretty much what roger roger ebert mm, but, but, who, the you know the the critics that yeah, are Roger, like thumbs up. Roger Ebert. 
Roger Ebert. Okay, I was right. I was Pros- probably the most uh, most famous American movie critic of all time, Roger Ebert. Yeah, <laughs> Roger Ebert. I was thinking of Roger and Ebert, not Siskel and Ebert. Um, yeah, Roger yeah. Ebert. His review of this movie was that he was predicting that this movie was like this movie was fine, but he predicted that the actors, the movie would be known for the actors being in a movie before they became megastars. So oh, he, he predicted said that, that in the 80s? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, he said yeah. that in the 80s, which is, you know, why he's a historically great movie critic. Uh, but I digress. So we open up. We're at uh, JoJo's wedding. JoJo's walking down the aisle. She's a little panicked. She's not really feeling it. It is the most 80s wedding you've ever seen. And then she faints. Turns out she's not ready to get married. But she still wants to bang her fiance, which relatable, understandable. Good for but in her. the eighties, yeah, yeah, good for her. But in the eighties, unheard of. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the fr- like it ends up being frustrating. But like as you're watching it, oh, yeah. so the thing is like, oh, oh, wait, wait, uh, oh god, this episode's already so off the rails. We haven't recorded in a few weeks, y'all, <laughs> um, for the holidays. Uh, and I know, I know it's like mid February there, but like when when you're listening I mean, to this, but this yeah. is just after the holidays for us. Um, and, uh, I forgot what I was saying completely. Oh, we're off to a great start. God damn it. What was I going to say? What were we talking about? No, no. We were talking about JoJo's wedding. Oh yeah. The thing that's so, so like, but while you're watching the movie, like you, you get like this, like, oh, this is kind of like a, you know, there's a little bit of a feminist, like. Uh, yeah. you know, streak in this. Like, she wants to have the power in this relationship. Like, she doesn't. Yeah. Want, he he was the one who's pressuring her to get married. She's like, no, I don't want to get married. Like, we can yeah. just have this relationship. And like, there's yeah. this whole kind of thing that seems kind of slight about like her parents are very conservative, and like, mm-hmm. even though they seem to be adults, we never get the ages on anyone in this movie. I um, mean, the uh, closest that you get is with Cat because Cat is about to go to Yale. However, yes. then it gets confusing because she goes, I'm going to start in the second semester. Well, because it's so, the fall. It's, it's October in mm, the movie. That makes which sense. Is, okay. Which, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things, I guess. I guess yeah. they, you know, they, they filmed in the fall because like, you know, you can see that it's the fall. So they had to like yeah. maybe make some accommodations for the, um, for the script in that, in that manner. Like, oh, I'm going to start the second semester. But like that yeah. actress, Annabeth Gish, she was 16 when they shot this movie. Yeah. Which makes yeah, her had, whole plot yeah. line also even more uncomfortable and weird. Um, yeah. But before we get so into that, just really line. quick. Hold on, oh. hold on, hold on. With the Lily Taylor <laughs> thing. You think that, that that's what's going to happen. But then at the end, like they just get married anyway. Like her whole story is yeah. that, you know, she wants to like have control of her life and not fall into the same like repetitive, like housewife of a fisherman kind of life that everybody in this town yeah. does and then at the end they just get married anyway like it's just kind of like forgotten yeah um, which is i think so, one of the reasons that i just wasn't feeling the movie was just sort of like we're doing all this build up for these characters and they're going through all this shit only for either something that you could that was completely predictable happens in the case of cat uh, and it doesn't end up in any way, shape, or form good. Uh, Daisy's is like also kind of predictable. And then um, I didn't find it that get- predictable, but I think part of that is like like genre savviness. Yeah, you know, like I 
you you expect again oh so that's the thing i wanted to say i've never seen this movie before i thought that i had Mm -hmm. but i have not seen this movie before same this was my first time okay so yeah wow this is the first time we've we've watched a movie that we neither have seen before nice yeah on the podcast i mean yeah 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 um so because you think you you so yeah so lily taylor's story vincent d'onofrio they she leaves the wedding at the beginning they get married at the end. They kind of have this little back and forth. They play pranks on each other. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah. She definitely has the smallest of the three stories. Yes. Um, so, like, oh, you were going to go with some Annabeth Gish's character. Um, yeah. Kat. So Kat, she's, the, uh, yeah. The, yeah. She's the youngest of them. Yeah. The youngest she's supposed to be, I'm guessing, 18 or 19, because she's about to start at Yale. She's the smartest. Um, she, you know, she's an astronomer. She's an astronomer. She's into like smart stuff. She's into astronomy and classical music and babysitting. So she has like a million jobs and she works at the pizza place that they all work at, which is a slice of heaven. And it's called Mystic Pizza. Well, then why do all the shirts say a slice of heaven, Katie? It's their slogan, Emma. (laughs) It's a real pizza place. It is. And it is what inspired the story was the story creator went to Mystic, Connecticut, which if you haven't been to Mystic, Connecticut and you have the opportunity to, highly recommend. It is one of the most beautiful places on earth. I love Mystic, Connecticut. But um, before it so got real So have you been to Mystic Pizza? Nice, I haven't been to Mystic Pizza. When we went as a family when we were younger, I, my mom couldn't find it. <laughs> So we just didn't go, but I'm gonna go now. Da-doy. Yeah, if I come and visit you in um in Connecticut at some point, we should go to yeah. Mystic Pizza and uh, oh, you know, absolutely. We'll do, a, we'll do a remote episode from Mystic Pizza. Yeah, we'll do a remote episode and we'll talk all about how Mystic Pizza was fine. <laughs> we'll do the Pretty Woman episode from Mystic Pizza. Yeah, from Mystic Pizza. Congratulations, Mystic Pizza. We're doing a live episode from your pizza parlor where we're not talking about the movie Mystic Pizza, but another Julia Roberts movie. I'm sure they'd love that. Absolutely. Uh, So, yeah, so it's an actual pizza place. And the story writer was inspired because she went there and she just, you know, imagined the life of what these like teens that work there would be and that's sort of like what spawned this idea for the movie a noble uh, and- pursuit for a movie like yeah. i i like this movie more than you but i also think that the and again i'm going to assume since it was since it was story by a woman and then screenplay by four other dudes i'm guessing <laughs> that things got changed a bit from her intentions yeah. because you know i just think i think we should think the best of women um, oh yeah, and um, this this podcast gives women the benefit of the doubt. The benefit, so, of the um, <laughs> because I think there's a lot to that. Like it is, first yeah. of all, a movie almost entirely about women. Like, yeah, the 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 men are. I mean, this this does this pass the reverse? It definitely passes the reverse Bechdel test. Like, there two men. I don't think even have a conversation with each other, do they? Yeah, I don't think that. And not not involving a woman because if well, anything, I mean, let alone it's... that. But I don't think. Oh, I yeah. guess at the dinner table, um, he talks to his dad. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then his dad is like, "Mom and Daisy, blah 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 blah." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I, I mean, at I and I think the whole conversation that they're having is how noble it is to have a job. 
you know? Yeah. It doesn't matter yeah, what yeah, job yeah. as long as you have a job. So anyway, so back to the movie. So we've got Jojo and then we've got Daisy and Kat. And Daisy's whole thing is that she is Little Miss Hot Thing. She's Miss Julia Roberts, age 19. And boy, oh boy, is she feeling those curls. She's feeling herself. And she sees this Her hot hair rich. is in every oh. piece of food in that restaurant. Like, Yes, so good. But, I mean, no she's way. flipping it and she's working yeah. it and she is just all about it. And people are like, thanks for the extra protein. <laughs> she um, looks great. She looks great. And she absolutely, great. she absolutely jumps off the screen. Like she oh, is. Yeah. Like, she's a, she's a movie star immediately. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. When you think of Mystic Pizza, uh, you don't think of anyone else except for Julia Roberts. Yeah. And she's only one third of the story. That's the thing is she's one of these three girls. And yeah. her whole storyline is she sees this sort of like stereotypical Connecticut rich guy, like went to an Ivy league. He is, um, you, you, he t- says that he's in law school at the beginning. Then you find out that he got kicked out of law school. His parents have like a summer house or like a second home in mystic. And he's just like, you know, a different, world away from the life that daisy lives and that's basically their whole story which is a you know a stereotypical thing to happen and i think as as what i when i mentioned earlier about being genre savvy watching this like i actually was surprised at at what happened because you expect certain things from that kind of plot line when you've seen a lot of movies like you know he is going to be like this horrible asshole who is going to like you know get her like so excited to be in this relationship or to like have an opportunity to get out of this town that she wants to leave so desperately and yeah. ends up you know treating her really terribly or having like certain like percep um certain misconceptions about about her um because of like income um yeah. and to a yeah, certain yeah. degree like i mean they have they have a fight but it's it honestly doesn't really do that which i think is is mm-hmm. kind of fun especially for 1988 yeah. like i think it's, the, oh, it's yeah. the story of the three of them that's the most successful um mm-hmm. because you know they do like it's like a real relationship and like he's not yeah. ashamed to bring her to his parents and like there's not mm-hmm. the kind of cliche thing where he's like he's like he brings this poor girl to the to the rich it's not the pretty woman thing you know like yeah yeah and like that's um, what their fight is about is that he's like defending her at the dinner table against his parents and his and she storms out and she's just like, I, I don't want to be the stereotype for you. And he's like, but I was yeah. just, I was just trying to defend you. And they were saying a lot of stuff about Portuguese people. And ah! Which also like, I mean, I guess I wasn't aware, but I, I get, I mean, are, is, is there like, is there like a lot of racism against Portuguese people in Connecticut? I have no idea. I don't know. Which is again, why I thought it was Italian people until that dinner scene when Julia yeah. Roberts' friend is um, her boyfriend's parents' maid. And so she's serving. She goes, oh, my God, hi, Daisy. And she's like, oh, hi. I forget her name, like Ruth or Rita or something. Oh, my gosh, hi. <laughs> and uh, they start having, like, a conversation. And the parents say something about the Portuguese. And I'm like, Portuguese? <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> I yeah, it it's Italy. just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, there are lots of, you know, immigrant okay. groups who were discriminated yeah. against in, in different places, but, you know, it's just not something that I was aware of. So it did seem, it's very specific, which, so my yeah. under, my guess is that, you know, that somebody 
was aware of it, that in you know be. in the yeah. small team of people who wrote this movie. <laughs> um, it's um, where they were like, you know, what country we haven't used a lot? Portugal. Yeah, <laughs> let's yeah. use Portugal because um, I know that there's like a, a huge influx because like that's where my my Italian heritage came in through the East Coast and like did there's a bunch of them over on the East Coast so like I I get that but. I yeah, I don't know about the Portuguese. Also, Portuguese not known for their pizza. I mean, that's what makes it special, you know. Like that's <laughs> there's some kind of there's a there's a however you say je ne sais quoi in Portuguese that is <laughs> you know that's that's how, what makes the pizza so good. Um, so there's another plot line with Conchata Farrell. Yes, <laughs> incredible character actress Conchata oh, Farrell. So I hope I'm saying yeah. that name right. Um, she's in literally everything. You would definitely recognize her if you saw her. Um, she passed away a couple of years yeah. ago. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, but yeah. she runs Mystic Pizza and I, who with a man who is maybe her husband. Not. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if her husband is at the restaurant with her or if he's just never seen. There's a man at the restaurant. I think it, but... I think it is because there's a line that she says later on to Jojo, which is. Uh, oh no, no, it's to Kat after she gives her a check for Yale. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, um, oh no, it's too much, it's too much. And she's like, no, well, you know, so and so, my husband and I never had oh, wanted yeah, to yeah. Have, we kids. Don't have kids. We never yeah. had kids. So you and JoJo and Daisy, you're my kids. So yeah. this is for you. This is what I would have given my children. Yeah. Um, so she has a secret recipe for pizza um, that nobody can quite place. Nobody understand, mm-hmm. like, can figure out what the secret ingredients are. And so she's Portuguese. promised to, right? And she's promised to tell, you know, one of them one day when, or specifically, um, wait, which one? It's uh, got to be she, Lily Taylor, right? Because the other two were leaving. She, I don't, I don't remember her saying specifically. I just remember her saying, "One of you guys, whoever yeah, 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 wants yeah. to run the restaurant when I die." Um, we'll get this. Obviously, will tell me before I die, so I can tell you the recipe. But whoever, I hope she doesn't get hit by a car or something. (laughs) I know, right? Uh, whoever wants to work their way up in this pizza parlor and sticks around. So obviously, it's not probably not going to be Cat because Cat's going off to Yale to learn astronomy and all of that. And so it's whichever Daisy or JoJo sticks around and decides that they want to run the pizza parlor. But her storyline is so yeah, she's got this magic pizza, and then also she's obsessed with this like food critic who's sort of like the Siskel and Ebert of food on yeah, television. Yeah. He's like uh, the guy from Ratatouille. Um, yeah, just a but real, real show. piece of sh- real piece of shit, pretentious <laughs> yeah. uh, food critic on like public access TV in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, he shows up at the end of the movie to review their to review their the restaurant, and they think that he hates it, and then he loves it, and they start getting calls, and the restaurant is saved, and yay, you know. So that's I didn't the- know the restaurant was up for was in peril. I thought they yeah they talk about great. it they're like oh man like we're not gonna make it to to tourist season it's so dead you know they talk they have a couple of oh, conversations about i do it, remember yeah. that but see i was deterred from that because in every scene that you see in the pizza parlor except for i think one scene it's hopping there yeah, are people yeah. eating pizza there are people begging for the recipe for this pizza like they they are just bringing in people uh but anyways so on to the final 
character of storyline. The of most this movie. problematic. Uh, the plot most line in problematic this movie. and the most predictable, which is Cat, little Cat, who is the smartest of all of them, and she has a million well, jobs. She's going to Yale. Well, yeah, I know. Book smart. She's book smart. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, going yeah. to Yale. Girl's going to Yale. And she's got to pay for Yale because she only has a partial scholarship. So she's got like four jobs, I think her mom says. And because she goes over to her mom to drop off pizza at the beginning of the movie, which is how you find out all this information. And her mom, of course, is shucking lobsters. <laughs> or not shucking lobsters, but she's doing stuff with lobsters. Her mom has stuff. a lobster in every scene. Like the refrigerator's <laughs> full of lobsters. They're like, her, their mom is basically a lobster woman. Um, <laughs> she is a lobster. She's just 25 lobsters stacked on top of each other in a trench coat. <laughs> is their mother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And don't so watch the just, movie. Just take yeah. our word for it. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. And so <laughs> she's like, I've got an interview for another job, babysitting job. And she goes to this very attractive man's house and his child who is four, but she's also a liar. She constantly lies. So she does. <laughs> that's the she plot does point. constantly lie and cat fails to note that yep. when yep. she, uh, when she says that her parents are, are separated slash, yeah. you know, maybe getting, getting divorced, divorced. Yeah. and that her mommy lives in England now. And, <laughs> And not in England for a limited time for a job, which is what the dad tells Kat when she gets hired to be the babysitter yeah. for yeah. this adorable child and uh, hot dad. Yeah. And, of course, hot dad and Kat have so much in common. He's got this really fancy telescope that came with the house. And <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a. Um, um, and a decor. He's not an. He's not a decorator. He's he's no. He's, he's like an flipping architect. the house. He's, yeah, an, he's architect. an architect. But he's doing. He's doing like interiors though. Maybe he's everything that I every summary that I read said that he was an architect. I'm but sure, he's sure, yeah. yeah. But all of his phone calls are like. Mm, but we said we weren't going to take down that wall. Are you sure about that, Mrs. So and So? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, so Hot Dad and Cat have a lot in common. Cat constantly is, like, skipping work to go work her other job with Hot Dad so she can listen to Beethoven and um, uh, sit in front of a fire with Hot Dad and kid. Drink well, wine with him. And drink wine, yeah, and just hang out with Hot Dad. And of course, you guessed it, a rainy day happens and Hot Dad and Cat make out. Only for them to head back to Hot Dad's actual house. Hold on, and... do they not bang? Oh no, they do bang. They bang in yeah, one I of his it... houses that he's flipping. Yeah, yeah, I think it like it does the it kind of fades out, you know. Where, yeah, like, the very eighties like yeah. Ooh, maybe windows. because she's sec fucking sixteen years old and he's like, you know, thirty two or whatever. Yeah. Maybe they didn't well, want to uh, film that yeah. sex scene, yeah. Well, the fun fact about <laughs> that particular scene was Annabelle Gish was, um, so because she was only 17, she had to have her mom on set for that Yikes. scene. So if you, and it wasn't awkward, so props to her. <laughs> so yeah, what a way to spend your day bringing your mom to set. Hey mom, I have to like make out hard with this hot dad he's about double my age don't worry about it 
it's for movies. Yeah. But yeah, so they then go back after banging and it's raining and they go back to Hot Dad's house where JoJo is and because JoJo just showed up to grab Kat for some reason and uh, Hot Dad's wife is there and she's like, thank you so much for watching our daughter. She talks about you all the time and here's a check. And Kat's like, but why? And it's like, yeah. well, girl, don't bang Hot Dad. Or if yeah. you are going to bang hot dad, find out for sure if he's still married. Yeah. If he's still yeah, married, don't bang hot dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. But you know, like she learns a valuable lesson. And I guess it's framed. Yeah. It's for like because JoJo, like Lily Taylor's character, like picks her up and is like, you know, freaking out, obviously. And it's mm-hmm. kind of framed as in like this this thing that happens to Kat is like what convinces uh, Jojo that she should just marry Vincent D'Onofrio, which is very strange. It makes no sense. It, it makes, makes no, no sense. sense at all. Yeah. When life keeps giving you anchovies. <laughs> it's been stuck in my head all day. Uh- <laughs> um, yeah. And then, uh, and then, so we, yeah, we, we kind of already talked about Daisy, but like, yeah, they get back together. Um, mm-hmm. So the last scene of the movie is JoJo's actual wedding. Like they actually get married this time, and then they, you know they're singing yeah. Portuguese songs and doing dances and uh, <laughs> doing Portuguese wedding things. Apparently, I mean they have a soup. There's Portuguese wedding soup, right? Is that a uh, thing? I mean, I I only remember the chocolate ice cream because that's when what's his name comes in and Julia Roberts goes, "Would you like some chocolate ice cream?" I was like, "Yeah, oh, well, that's no, what I she's meant doing." I meant there is Portuguese wedding soup. Like, that's a thing that exists, right? Because there's Italian wedding, and then there's also... Am I making that up? I think you're making that up, because all I know is Italian wedding soup. All right. Well, never mind. Again, would have made sense if it was Italian. Yeah. Two countries several thousand miles away. Uh, (laughs) Two countries, both both alike in dignity. And across the sea from one another. Um, that's the scene where, yeah, it's, he comes back and like, she's like, all right, we'll serve some ice cream at this wedding. And he's like, okay, but it's like, they're sexy about it. Um, and, uh, and that's where Conchata Farrell gives, um, the, the money to Kat. And she's like, okay, well now I don't have to work so many jobs to afford Yale. And Lily Taylor's marrying Vincent D'Onofrio. And like the three girls, like look up at the, at the, at the stars and are like, I wonder what's in that pizza. The end. Very strange <laughs> way to end the movie. Again, like I see what they're going for, but like yeah. the execution is just a little bit off. I think that you made a really good point in that it was created by a woman and probably had a lot of really, really great, um, like the stories lines probably went in the ways that you want them to go. And yeah. was probably a little bit more feminist than the 80s yeah. Hollywood executives wanted. And so they brought in a bunch of dudes who sterilized the movie. And then yeah. that's what you get. 1988's Mystic Pizza. Yeah, specifically, like, the Lily Taylor storyline is the, I think, the... the most so the, I, I The her randomly deciding to get married thing is the biggest problem, I think, in terms of, like, the, the actual way the script works. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, But like, yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. This movie's also not really a rom-com. You know? It's not. Like, this was another one that was just sort of like, and that sort of led me to 
a question that I beg to ask you in that, do you feel bothered the way that I feel bothered in that women coming of age stories, because this is the second movie that's been sort of like classified as a rom-com that we've covered. That isn't really a rom-com. It's just about like sisterly female friendship and coming of age. Yeah. But it's, why are you asking me if I'm bothered that like all of those, I'm not bothered by those movies at all. Like, I think we can like, I think that I, I am bothered that like a lot of these like women coming of age movies are so dependent on men. Like the stories yeah. have almost every like almost every turn of these stories is based on is based on a man in some way or another. Um, yeah, I, that bothers me. Um, I would love yeah. to see more like women coming of age movies that aren't specifically about like romantic relationships yeah. you know because here's a fun fact um most of my life has not revolved around a dude yeah yeah <laughs> most exactly. of my life discoveries have not revolved around a dude <laughs> so sure. spoiler some um, some do probably yeah. you know but yeah. certainly not all of them yeah and there's yeah. you know there's a there's so much more um that we should be able to see in movies about women than than just about their relationships that being said our podcast is almost entirely about movies (laughs) about relationships so you know we love that we love and we love all kinds of movies you know exactly and that's why i think what i was what i'm trying to say is that like i i came to the realization earlier today as i was just like man this is another movie that i was promised was a rom-com and instead is just about female friendship and it's just that sort of over generalization of all of these female friendship movies being put into that same category as a rom-com being like, well, (laughs) women watch rom-coms. So women watch movies about women. So they are also rom-coms. Yeah. Movies about women get lumped into the rom-com category a lot. I mean, like it's, it's like the chick flick thing, you know, like there are many, many movies that are, you know, considered to be, uh, rom-coms that are actually not rom-coms at all. Like, I mean, there's even a rom-com podcast that does stuff like Mean Girls and yeah, but that's not um, a rom. All kinds of stuff. It's absolutely yeah. not a rom-com. Yeah. yeah, chick flicks and rom-coms are two separate genres that deserve yeah. two different shelves in my mental video store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you know, there's the 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 chick flick thing is like you know, there's there's uh, movies. All movies are for everyone. Like, there's no such thing as, exactly. a, as a chick flick. Um, exactly. The amount of guy um, coming of age stories that I enjoy or have been forced to watch, therefore, <laughs> <laughs> the same should be said the opposite way. Yeah, I, I am perfectly fine with 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 doing the occasional non rom com, but you know, kind of adjacent, you know, movie on this podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, me too. I just I had that realization, and I was like patriarchy oh yeah for real for real well is that mystic pizza that's that's well uh what do you feel like the white sweater in mystic pizza was oh a mystic connecticut right i mean i wish that was true but they didn't show the best parts of mystic connecticut they didn't show the aquarium they didn't show (laughs) the the old go get your girl loves an aquarium aquarium's great it's so good yeah i'm serious like yeah i love aquariums this podcast loves aquariums yeah um we are solid lovers of aquariums and all aquatic life i mean i guess i guess i mean you know 
I guess it kind of made me want pizza. You know, maybe the pizza. It is really the made sweater, me want pizza. You know? It absolutely yeah. made me want pizza. I think one of my notes that I wrote was actually my final note that I wrote was, "Damn, does this make me want pizza?" I mean, I bet you could get like Portuguese pizza somewhere in Chicago. It's a big city. Oh, I bet. Or I'll just go to Mystic Pizza. Well, look at you. <laughs> well, I'm moving. Here's a fun fact to sort of tag onto the whole 30 Rock episode where Jenna is in the Mystic Pizza musical. On January 22nd, 2019, it was announced that Mystic Pizza would be adapted to into a stage musical. For real. Melissa totally Etheridge would write oh. the score. Yeah. While Gordon Greenberg would direct and co-write the book with Sass Goldberg. I don't know who those people are. Gordon Goldberg? I don't know who that is. Golden Greenberg and Sass Goldberg. Okay. Well, the the musical never came to to actually it didn't make it to Broadway. I don't know if they did any off Broadway like workshops of it or if they did any sort of readings, but (laughs) it actually it never happened. And part of this fun fact is this came years after a fictional Broadway musical adaptation of the film had served as a plot point in the early part of season two on the NBC sitcom Third Rock in 2007. So I had to watch that episode again because I love Third Rock. Here it is. Did it make, it didn't make it to Broadway. They, this is the, this is its page on Concord, Concord theatrical, the, um, the publishing, right? So the publishing company. So it is, um, book by Sandy Rustin. With story oh. and characters by Amy Hol- story and characters by Amy Holden Jones, who you know did the yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, musical arrangements and orchestrations by Carmel Dean. Oh, so that's all. Never heard of any of those people. What happened to Melissa Etheridge? Mm-hmm, yeah, didn't didn't happen. <laughs> oh, it's a um. Oh, it's a uh. It's a um. A jukebox musical. Oh, including girls just want to have fun. One of the all time best. Best songs. It's a fantastic song. I love Girls Just Want to Have Fun. It's also a great movie. Also about female uh, Yes. Yes. Um, we should watch that sometime. Yeah. I love that movie. That movie's great. Uh, but yeah. So, so that's that's Mystic Pizza. Do you have any further thoughts, feelings, opinions? Yeah, I've got a couple on... of things. Um, okay. I've got yeah. some I've got some some Katie some some stars in my notes. Some um, Katie stars. So at one point, Julia Roberts is wearing a dress that she says cost $160 uh, in 1988 dollars. Uh, that would be $415 in 2023. How the uh, hell so, did she afford that dress? I have no idea. Jesus $415 Christ. is, uh, it's a lot to spend on a dress that uh, you're just trying to to impress a, a boy with. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I got a huge jump scare. At one point, the, uh, a Daisy and, um, do you know what I'm talking about? Daisy and, um, Kat are, are home and their mom is asleep and she was watching Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And the episode of, so Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous used oh, to yes! show from like the 80s where this like British guy yeah, yeah. would go and like show you the inside of like rich people's houses, basically. It was yeah. like, before the e network like in the 90s yeah. this show was basically that it was yeah it was yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like cribs but like high class but like fancy um, cribs yeah 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 um and the, the the house that he's showing is fucking mar-a-lago 
and you don't realize it until like three quarters yeah. of the way into him being like, and this is made out of the gold flakes and blah, 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 and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. The you're like, that sounds terrible. Mar-a-Lago. Exactly. And you're just like, oh. I'm like, Mar-a-Lago. No. Why? It's Why? just like when he, I mean, I don't think, well, I don't think he owned it then because they, he said the name of another guy. Like he didn't say Donald Trump. He said like, mm-hmm you know, Mr. Case, you know, or I think is what he yeah. said. Um, Cause again, I had the subtitles, but um, so I don't <laughs> think he owned it yet, but it's still like that. The words Mar-a-Lago are now irrevocably like, tied to, to fucking Trump. So it was quite the yeah. scare. It's just like when he yeah. shows up in home alone too. You're like, Oh, exactly. You're like, why are you here? Yeah. Somebody on the Who internet has got to, has had to have cut him out of that. Right. Like, Oh, for sure. I need that. I need that coffee. Um, oh, yeah. Something I wanted to talk about in terms of Julia Roberts. Like, yes. how do you feel about Jules in general? This is our first I Jules movie on the podcast. I fucking love her. I love yeah. Julia yeah. Roberts. Same. Love Julia she Roberts. She could literally, she could act out um, just the most boring thing on you've ever read, and I would be mesmerized. Yeah. Um, this is a this this is a pre nose job, Julia Roberts, as you might have noticed. Oh yeah, um, it, I found it very distracting. I'm like something is wrong. Yeah, I thought it was just because uh, she was so young. Yeah, no, I because fi- I was like so partway through, I was like, did she have a nose job? And then I googled it, and she definitely had a nose job. So I mean, yeah. good for her. Yeah, yeah. I've had a nose yeah, job. Exactly. No, no judging. Um, no but judgment. it is, it is some of those things where it's like you, that you, you can, you can tell something's wrong until like mm-hmm. you get a bead on it because she does look different. Um, yeah. one other thing I wanted to say about Julia and we'll have, we'll cover many other Julia Roberts movies on this yeah. podcast. Julia never really played a kid. Like this is her first real movie. Like she's had, I think she's got three credits before this, but they're all like either really tiny parts or one of them was like a TV movie. And then she had yeah. an episode of like Miami vice or something, I think. And then this, and she's an adult in this movie. Like, yeah, it is a coming of age movie, but like nowadays, like she's 19 when she filmed this movie. Um, yeah. Cause they filmed it in eight. I looked up, I looked up the shooting dates to get the exact yeah. ages well, on everyone. So you, yeah. you, well, yeah, you had, you had that, that, that fact saying that she was 17. Like she was 16. Like Annabeth Gish was definitely 16 when they shot this movie. What? Yeah. Um, why, why, why? 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 Yeah, did they it's hire crazy. Such young, 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 young. It's, you could hire. Uh, I mean, she looks younger than the other two significantly too. Oh, like you can significantly, tell. but at the same time, yeah. like I'm thinking, well, it's the '80s. You also can't tell how old anybody is. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm just like, I guess, like Julia Roberts, like 25, and you know, and yeah. Gish is Julia like, Roberts, like that tracks. Was 19. She's definitely playing a couple, a few years older than that. But oh, yeah. Um, now, like actors will play high schoolers until they're like 25, 26, you know, yeah. um, it's very common. I mean, like, you know, Emma Stone was playing high schoolers until she was almost 30, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, well, Nicola, um, what's her name from Dairy Girls? Coughlin. Oh, yeah. Coughlin she's like 36. In her 30s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, playing yeah. teenagers on Bridgerton and Dairy Girls. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a logistical nightmare these days to actually hire a 16-year-old, especially if you only need, like, if it's an entire movie of 16-year-olds. In terms of, yeah, like, union rules and stuff like that. But, like, they definitely, like, 
they definitely had, I mean, cause again, her, her co-star is 16, you know? So the, yeah. the, um, they, they definitely had older people playing young, like teenagers in the eighties as well. It wasn't just the thing that kind of yeah. came about recently, but like Julia Roberts never did that. Like she has played adults and she's not only played adults, but she's played like in a, almost all of her like rom-coms at least in, in her early movies, like her work up until the mid nineties. Um, she's playing someone who's like worldly, you know, she's yeah. playing someone who is, um, you know, much more mature, more like smarter, more yeah. aware of like the way that the world works than the other characters in the movie. Um, totally. And she, it's just interesting to me that, that her career has always been like that, even when she was 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess it also says a lot about Julia Roberts as a person. Um, yeah, she totally, I mean, it totally works. Yeah. yeah. It totally works. And I bet, you know, she's like that in real life because a lot of times when you see someone who's just um, like, not typecast, but plays a lot of the same, that's typically what their personality is. Uh, yeah. But a fun fact about Julia Roberts in this movie is how she got this movie is an actor's, I mean, honestly, an actor's nightmare. Because she went in, she auditioned for for JoJo, and they were like, nah, I don't know. And so then they sent her agents, Daisy. They're like, we want to see her for Daisy. And her natural hair color is like a dark blonde. And they, yeah, or it was at the time. Um, but they were like, we just, honestly, we don't think that you're right for this role. You're, you're like emotionally you're there and you're acting the crap out of it. But, um, physically you're not right for this role. And they meant her hair. And so then before the callbacks, she just dyed her hair. Uh, (laughs) and they were like, absolutely. That was it booked. But also when she was in the audition room in the waiting room, she saw all the other actresses just sort of like going over their scenes, just religiously going over their lines religiously. You know, it was an audition waiting room, nerves, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So her thought process was, well, fuck that. I'm going to be different. So she put on her Walkman. She starts singing loudly out loud and doesn't go over her lines. And she did it and she got the attention of the casting director. And that wow. is just obnoxious to me. <laughs> that is, that's pretty dirty, honestly. That's like, super dirty. That's super, yeah. like, I see everyone else doing something. And also, like, smart. I mean, it's, it's, it's that complicated thing of auditioning for stuff where you want to do a good job and you want to, you know, do the best of your abilities, but you also always have it in the back of your mind that you have to be different. You have to stand out in some sort of way. And so her idea of doing that was like, well, I'm just going to do the opposite of what all these bitches are doing. And it worked for her. So yeah, good for her. Julia. Um, I had another, I have another context note, much like the, uh, the, how much the dress cost thing. So there's a yes. scene after they, um, after they, they steal Vincent D'Onofrio's truck, uh, where yeah. they're all singing respect in the car. Yeah. And I wanted to point out that, um, the amount of time between the song respect and when the movie took place, um, would be akin to if you made a movie in 2024, having a bunch of characters singing Mr. Brightside. 
So that's how old Respect was when the movie came out. It's the same amount of time as Mr. Brightside is now. I hate that fact. <laughs> I know. I know. I think a lot. everyone who hears that song, well, hears that fact, will hate that fact. Yes. I hate that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jesus. And um, I think that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Mystic Pizza. <laughs> Mystic Pizza. What a world. Ah, oh, what a world. <laughs> movie are we doing next week i picked silver linings playbook oh fuck yes sorry i love this movie i'm so excited i love this movie too yeah this is a great movie yeah thank you for listening to go get your girl if you like us tell your friends and please rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts it helps a lot and we would really appreciate it thanks to andrew milliken and nick svoboda for our theme music and elena henderson for our artwork you can follow us on instagram at go get your girl pod or email us at go get your girl pod at gmail you can follow me on social media at emily m pizza the m stands for mystic And you can follow me at Katie of the Lake. Until next time, I love this and I love love. Yeah, me too, probably. Yeah, yeah. Good night. (laughs) Good night.